0: This special shark-themed episode is not for the timid, as we discuss human frailties and how the sharpness of shapes we see around us might evoke certain emotions or feelings, possibly even affecting our decisions. This is Shadoof.
1: Welcome to Shadoof, the place where business, research, and entertainment make a big.
0: About sharks, They've got lifeless eyes, black eyes like a doll's eyes, and they come at you. Can't even tell they're living until they bite you. Happy Shark Week, everyone. We thought we'd open with a little Quint quote from Jaws. Lauren, have you seen Jaws?
1: <laughs> wow, thanks for asking, Weston, because uh, no, I have not seen let's Jaws. Just, let's, uh, oh, let's add that to the list. Lord address the Riggs, this right Jaws. away. What
2: a surprise. <laughs> this is like a common... Opening to our episodes, right? Maybe. That's right,
0: that's right. I just thought we'd keep in line. Not throwing shade, but you do need to see Jaws. It's one of the greatest movies of all time.
1: I feel like a little bit of shade was nope, thrown, nope, but no, no, it's shade. Okay. no shade. No shade whatsoever,
0: Lauren. But speaking of sharks, Lauren, you do have some shark facts for us for
2: Shark Week. Shark Week, ooh, ha, ha! I just had to do that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, crazy. I love Shark Week so much. Um, so, yeah, I do have a couple of fun facts. Yeah, for tell us some
0: fun facts, Lauren. So, uh,
1: first, one of our fun facts is: Did you guys know that there's over 500 species of sharks?
0: That's crazy. Like I 500. I thought there would be a lot, but I I wouldn't have guessed 500.
1: Right. It, it seems like a lot more than you would actually think.
2: Yeah. Ah, shoot. (laughs) Drinking this sparkling water, and I'm like, "Mm, this tastes expired. And sure enough, it's expired. Ah! Yeah. I got through half the can. Oh, no. I'm so sorry. Let's get 500 (laughs) species of shark.
1: Yep, You're kidding me. (laughs) It's a lot. It's a lot. So the second fun fact I have for you guys is, did you know that some sharks are live birthing, but some lay little baby shark eggs?
0: That's crazy. I guess I never really thought about sharks how they were born, but it is also weird to think of shark eggs. Like I've never like oh oh yeah a shark egg. That's... Okay. What's the third shark Our fact? Our third
1: <laughs> shark fact is that whale sharks are the cutest sharks. <laughs> <laughs> they really are. Like, oh, they're cute little spots. So they're like wide mouths and stuff like that. And That's... they just kind of like. Swim through. They're really cute. Nice. They're not we're looking scary at, looking either. We're looking
2: at uh, stuffed animals of you, whale sharks, stuffed whale sharks. Right
0: before this, you were like in the process of buying a stuffed animal whale shark, right? Yeah, I also More.
1: said that if they had one at Build-A-Bear, I would go.
0: Build-A-Bear whale shark edition.
1: They should do it for Shark Week. Yeah. They, they totally should have. Not. Oh,
0: they should. So this Thank pertains you, to God. what we're talking about today. This is good. So just audience, stay with us here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so what, what are the qualities of a stuffed animal that you would find valuable? Well, soft, cuddly. Soft, cuddly, right?
1: Yeah, he right. you want to like hold it.
2: So you want Comforting. you want an animal that also matches that, those qualities, right? Yeah, Softness right. and roundness sure. and, and cuteness, right? But if
0: someone's making a, a cartoonized version of a shark to make it soft and cuddly, they can make a cute shark. Round the teeth,
2: round them a little bit, <laughs> so yeah, they're just not so them, like, angular. Fun little, it's like <laughs> fun little
0: wavy teeth. Now, to get into our discussion today about the research that pertains to this, is I mean, I guess as humans, we've been biologically conditioned to feel wary of of sharpness. I mean, even jagged rocks are a threat to us. You know, yeah. to all of humans yeah. throughout all of history. Generally, predators in the animal kingdom have sharp, jagged teeth. Or claws,
2: coffee table
0: corners, oh. <laughs> big time, big warning.
1: I ran my big. leg into one the other day at my apartment, oh, no. and I have a really big bruise from it. <laughs> That's the
2: worst. But, but we are conditioned. Even just seeing a picture of an angular object, when we see that, and in our mind, we kind of picture what it would feel like. Right. So you could take a logo or even draw a triangle on the whiteboard. Our minds just will will sometimes automatically just picture what it would feel like. Right. And so mm-hmm. so even with, with a shape that would cause no harm, we get those same type of feelings from it. Exactly. This aggression or... Or threatening feeling, you know.
0: Yeah, we kind of assign it a, an emotion. I mean, from my design experience, if you use circles or curvy lines, you know, that represents more of like a, a friendly nature because of what yeah. people feel when they see it, right? Mm-hmm. Or if you're, you know, if something's a little more action-oriented or th- or, or they want to convey even precision, perhaps, is another mm. thing. Like, mm. like the Mitsubishi logo or Pontiac logo, they have very angular, sharp, corners and things like that.
1: Well, it makes me think of like traffic signs, like, you know, Mm -hmm. the angles on like a stop sign or like a yield sign and everything. It has those, you know, sharp edges and stuff like that, just the angles and everything.
0: So it gets our attention, right? And so maybe that's good. But then what emotion is it evoking from people who see it?
2: Yeah. So different companies have looked at Mm -hmm. along what you you were saying, Weston, on how different angularity within a logo mm-hmm. can affect your perceptions of that company. And uh, one article that was published in the Journal of Consumer Research uh, titled, Does Your Company Have the Right Logo? How and Why Circular and Angular Logo Shapes Influence Brand Attribute Judgments. Okay. Looks at like, kind of like what you were saying, Weston, just because it's angular doesn't mean it's negative. The angularity of your logo needs to match the message behind, right. behind your ear. What company.
0: you want people to feel about your company, right?
2: Yeah, so uh, for instance, if you're making a shoe and you want to get across in your messaging that it's a durable shoe... You want that logo to be angular because it has this perception of, of hardness. Of
0: strength, of yep. of good structure kind Functionality. of thing. Right.
1: Yeah, whereas if you're looking, you know, at a shoe and you they want to be seen as more like comfortable, um, they want their logo to be more rounded, giving kind of those emotions of and of soft. comfort and soft and kinda of like the whale shark. Like the whale
0: shark <laughs> compared to a great white. Or a goblin
2: shark. Yeah, goblin shark. <laughs> the most terrifying of all sharks. Um, it looks freaky weird. Seriously, look it up if you are unfamiliar with a goblin shark. But, but this is a cool study that they actually demonstrate that what goes on is it's not just you seeing it. Right. Uh, seeing the logo, but it's you visualizing in your mind what it feels like, what it would feel like if you touched it right. And if mm-hmm. you can block somebody's ability to get in that frame of mind, angularity of the logo has no effect. Hmm. right So they kind of demonstrate that way that that's actually what's going on there. Okay cool. And then what's really cool is they they also look at how angularity of shapes affect behavior how they can change maybe the decisions that customers make, actually. Okay, mm-hmm. so,
0: okay so this is getting interesting. So, like, it, it gives them a feeling that sticks with them and affects their choices?
2: Yeah, so it, it can affect your choices and decisions. So there's another article in Social Cognition titled How Shapes Influence Social Judgments okay. that that look at exactly how <laughs> the title <laughs> How Shapes Influence Your Social Judgments. <laughs> but... uh <laughs> That's a good title there. You know exactly what what this uh, article is about. But they do a cool thing where they have participants come in a room and they play a game. And in this game, you can either take a collaborative approach where you kind of work with the person across the table from you. Or you take more of a competitive approach where you end up like working against them.
0: Wait, so you mm-hmm. can choose what you do? You can choose, yes. yeah, yeah.
2: You can take either approach. Okay. And and what they did was they lined the walls in the room with different shapes. And some of the time, they're more rounded shapes. And some of the time, they're more angular shapes. Really? And they found that being in the presence of angular shapes, the participants were more likely to take those competitive approaches.
0: Really? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, it was also cool because in that same article, they had done another study with participants putting together puzzles and there the puzzle was like an image of a person and okay. some of the puzzles um, had angular pieces and the other had rounded pieces and they okay. asked them, you know, like what judgments they made about the person after they put the puzzle together uh, and uh, everything. So
0: after it was all assembled, then you'd make judgments, snap judgments yeah. about the person yeah. whose image you put together. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> And so those with the angular shapes, they saw it was perceived as being more, like, aggressive and less warm.
0: Wait, that's how they perceived the, yeah, person, the person to be? Uh-huh. Yeah, the person. Uh-huh. Not that's how they judged them. Yeah,
1: they perceived the okay. person to be more aggressive and less warm if they were made out of the angular-shaped puzzle pieces.
0: Wow. Maybe this is a future study, but I wonder <laughs> if that can affect, like, styles, fashion of what you wear or what, you know...
2: Oh yeah, How for the, sure. How uh-huh. the
0: cut of your shirt or
2: for sure, like jackets or whatever, <laughs> or like <laughs> or patterns. patterns on your shirts, right? Exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally would, totally would. Oh my gosh. So so uh, yeah, so so cool things you, you could take that into account with website designs, things right. like that. Like, what do you want your company to be perceived as, and make sure that, of course, that. The shapes that you have there match that perception.
0: Right. Like if you're a sports company or something, maybe you do want people to feel like, oh man, I'm competitive. I'm yeah. you know, driven, you know. Driven,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ambitious.
0: Ambitious. I mm. like that. Yeah. Maybe it works for you, but it has to like you said, it has to match what you want.
2: I especially early on in my PhD, there was a period of time where I was really fascinated with with shapes and how they impacted behavior and perceptions. And, uh, and I had this crazy idea that, <laughs> <Okay. laughs> <But>, uh, <laughs> so I had this data set that were customer complaints, uh, customer complaint emails. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. And I, I was just trying to think of, okay, what's some cool things that we could do with this data set. And I was in the midst of this shape research and, and looking at different things. And I thought, wait a second. So we know how shapes affect behavior and perceptions, but do we like as consumers use shapes at all when we in our communications with others, particularly when we're when we're typing things out or writing things? Do we use shapes to communicate certain feelings? And uh, mm. and, and, and and so 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 what I thought was, for instance, as as you're angry and writing a complaint, if the angrier you are, are words that have sharper letters like an a A mm. or a V or a W, are they more likely to come to your mind uh, during that time?
0: And so words that are composed of sharper letters.
2: Yeah. Of, and so if you're
0: feeling more combative. Yeah, more, yeah. If
2: more aggressive yeah. and it, so then could you calculate like the average sharpness of the letters used in a in a text okay. to kind of use that as a measure of anger yeah. that mm-hmm. was felt. You know,
0: well, yeah, and I know they've done research on the sharpness of how a word sounds. Sound. You know, like mm-hmm. how curt can convey sort of an emotion. But when you're typing, you're not speaking it phonically. I mean, you are a little bit in your head, I guess. But also are you calling back, you know, when you first learned like the basic shape of a letter?
2: Yeah. So so I actually so I there are two data sets okay. that, that uh-huh. I had that I kind of tested this this theory on. And it, you know, I still kind of working on the underlying what's going on behind the scenes of this effect, right? Mm-hmm. But, right. <clears throat> but the first data set was just consumer reviews of a product. So, you know, how we normally do reviews, we write the review and we give the product a rating, right? right? Mm-hmm. So first of all, one of the things I had to think through was, okay, how do we calculate the average sharpness of the letters? So we had participants rate uh, each letter of the alphabet, capitalized and lowercase, to kind of uh, rate them on how sharp they thought each letter was oh, so you cool. give the,
0: the capital letter and the lowercase letter are separate and you give them scores you give them all scores They're yeah the participants
2: a, rated them all and we okay. use that to calculate the the perceived average like sharpness of mm-hmm. each letter so cool. each one had a sharpness score gotcha and uh and so so it went through and program wrote a program that would replace all the Letters with sharpness calculations and calculate the average sharpness of all it's the so cool. complaints, and found what I hypothesized that as uh, the sharper the letters used, the lower um, ratings the customer gave the product. <laughs> really? So, oh. Yeah. And this was a cool one, too. So there's another rating that a lot of product reviews have where other people rate the usefulness of your review. Right. Uh So each Hmm. review has like a a score for how useful people thought it was. Okay. So reviews with sharper letters, do you think they were seen as more useful or less useful?
1: Wow. Um, (laughs) I feel like they would probably be seen as more useful. Oh, really? Why people? Well, just because I know when I look at reviews, the ones that are sharper, more aggressive in general, are just like kind of pointing out some of the like flaws and stuff like that. Oh, really I, I just I find those really useful like because more- because they're being more honest about it. It's not just you're seeing a bunch of like positive ones, so I find some of the negative reviews really helpful cuz it like kind of shows you the but there's possible downsides. I feel like sometimes
2: there's like a balance, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like like if they're way overly negative, I don't trust them. Right? Like some students that I have that might be upset about you know, one little aspect of, of the course. Mm-hmm. And so the whole course is horrible. Right. And, and you know, and, and so and I yeah. feel like customers get like that sometimes. Oh, oh yeah. There was this one issue that I had with the shipping. And so the product as a whole. Right. Stinks. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, personally, I just kind of average the bad ones yeah, with the really the good ones. ones and yeah. stuff. But yeah, I see what you're saying but and everything. Maybe Grant they assault. draw more
0: attention or something. Like, yeah. man, if someone sounds angry, you're like, okay, what happened to this person <laughs> to make yeah. them so cheesed off that they're going to... Who hurt you?
1: <laughs> Who hurt
2: you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, but, you know, in, in that data, the sharper the letters used, the actually, the less useful... Uh, customers saw the uh, really? uh, other oh, other people okay. uh, perceived the, the review. Oh, man, to
0: be. that's so weird. I was kind of waiting because I kind of see it as Lauren would too, a little bit. I'd probably I'd probably go on that side more. But that's interesting. So people people didn't find those credible or useful. Right. And,
2: wow. Right. That's cool. Oh, so so you know I'm not exactly sure right as of right now if this, this sharpness is really like anger, mm-hmm. but right. but sharpness. As a there's, whole, of letters significantly dropped the the um, usefulness of of the. There's review. some effect there. Yeah. Oh, there's cool. something happening, right? Yeah.
0: So that could lead to some some other cool research. No, it's, yeah, that's
2: really interesting. So that's cool. so here's <laughs> Not what I thought. <laughs> here's here's a contrast though. The other data set was was a, an interesting contrast. Okay. Okay. So in the first the first setting, customers are writing these reviews and giving a product rating at the same time. Okay. Right, mm-hmm. but would you think that it would change at all if the customers, for instance, I had this data set where it was email complaints to to an actual company, okay. and then I had data that showed um, the likelihood, uh, whether or not, not just the likelihood, whether or not those customers had future purchases. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they write the complaint email, and then afterward, do they purchase or not? How much do they purchase? Things like that. Um, so at first, I wouldn't have anticipated a difference there. Yeah. I would have thought they would kind of be the same. Yeah, But there's some cool research that was uh, published in the Journal of Marketing. This one titled, The Benefit of Becoming Friends. Complaining after service failures leads customers with strong ties to increased loyalty. So it kind of shows that being able to complain, especially when you have like kind of strong ties to this company... Yeah, Being able to complain and get that email out there is mm-hmm. like cathartic. Like it feels good and they release that anger and they're actually more likely to return or willing to pay more for products after being able to issue that complaint. Really? Oh. Yeah. So companies, and which is cool, like in and of itself, right? Like, right. like uh, you, you want your customers, especially the ones with strong ties, you want them to complain. You want to get that out there. Um because it increases that that loyalty afterward. Yeah. Which is really cool. But taking that into account, if this letter sharpness is like really a proxy for anger,
1: mm-hmm.
2: so if it is a proxy for anger, okay. the sharper the letters, the more anger you're releasing. Okay. And therefore, the more loyal you're gonna to be to the company afterwards.
0: So it's getting your it's releasing your endorphins or something. <laughs> Something's yeah, happened yeah. on a <laughs> psychological level that you're just like Wow, that feels great.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, so they just, so they, did they look at anything else besides how much they would purchase afterwards? Did they, like, look at anything in the study about, like, word of mouth, like, recommending it to friends or anything after, like, they complained or anything like that? Because that would be interesting to see.
2: Yeah, they didn't look at that.
0: Uh-huh. But this has ties, like, this could even have ties to, to like, engagement on social
2: media. Yeah. Mm hmm. I mean, it, I think that if a customer is going to complain, getting them to do it in email is nice because then it's not like public. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. That is fascinating. They remain loyal. It makes me think of, this is like a random story, but okay. in my days of being a car salesman, I remember this one customer, she came onto the lot and this was like the most awful experience that I had with a customer. She was just like very aggressive the whole time. Accusing me of lying, Ooh, not yeah. happy with the price, like just okay. is awful. Um, but somehow we sold her a car. Okay. And then I think it was like a week or two later I approached another customer and asked her how she came to know about us and she said, Oh, my neighbor just recommended you very, very highly. She talked about how honest you were, how you gave her an amazing price and all these things, and it was it was this, this, this customer thing? that I had a horrible experience with. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and so so like, you know, I don't know how well that ties, but that ties to your word of mouth question a yeah. little bit, right? Yeah. Right. Like maybe she was just kind of pulling one on me to try to get like the best deal possible, like okay. purposely being, but maybe she actually let out some aggression and really <laughs> right. had strong loyalty to us afterwards. I don't know. That's amazing. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, so, so what's cool is I pulled that data, did the same type of analysis, and uh, that became evident in this data as well. And so the sharper the letters used in that complaint email, the more likely the customers were to return to the, to the company and be, be more loyal. So. That's so
1: funny. That's, in,
0: that's fascinating. Shapes right? are fascinating, and it's fascinating how we respond to different shapes uh, and may have a connection with sharks. Then <laughs> our own fragility when it comes to our mortal frames. Something to think about, right? Something, Something to, to chew
2: on. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 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 but but seriously, like think about these things as you're uh, looking at logo designs or... As you said, like web pages. Your dress
1: and, and appearance. Maybe the fonts you use. <laughs> right. Comic Sans R.I.P.
0: <laughs> Seriously, no. That's the one anomaly. Comic Sans is the, uh, the very rounded, friendly font that you just hate. <laughs> well, that'll be it for this week. I hope all of you have a fantastic Shark Week. And join us next time on the Shadooth Podcast. Shadoof is sponsored by the Woodbury School of Business. We love any and all forms of online engagement. We are present on Instagram, LinkedIn, or Facebook, so like, follow, subscribe, or leave us a review on Apple Podcast. If you have any questions or input about the studies we run, or if you have any interesting ideas for possible research, email us at info at shadoof.org. That's info at s-h-a-d-u-f dot org.
1: Oi, Mike, how's doing, guys?